Time for us to get into the X Files. Let's dip into our X Files. Wait, let's see what we can come up with. What are you talking about? The X the X Files. We're getting into oh, the, no. the X Files. Oh no, Mike. Oh no. You've completely missed the memo. You've, We're gonna read been, into the X Files. No, it's, it's so. not an X Files episode. I know that. It's an X Men's episode. Yeah, but where do you think I get all the information from? Oh, from your X Files. Yeah. I believe it. Under X. We're ready to believe you. X-Files. Don't trust anyone. From, from the X-Files. X-Files. The truth is out there. It's one of those three. Agent Mulder Scully is on the case. Yeah. <laughs> Moldy Skulder. Uh, hey, everybody. It's Action Features. Um, so we were trying to... Man, we're going, going crazy over here, but it's always okay. It's always I, I can fine. turn you it's down. It's always fine. I'll just back my mic up a little bit. Uh, so... So one of those episodes where we talk about a certain movie or a certain series, a certain yeah. thing, and it's uh, just focusing on that. I wonder what it's about. I don't know. It's X-Men's. The X-Men's movies. The X-Men films. X-Men films. The X-Men film series. So we're going to talk about just the overall series, kind of touch on each film, and just our thoughts I about didn't the plan on series. like a full Marvel universe, but we're just, just the movies involving X-Men. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't really cross over anything else. Not really. Because it's Fox. Yeah. So they really can't. Well, At least not yet. I would say, you know, like Deadpool's considered, but I I'm not, not, counting, uh, not counting. It'll be very brief to talk about Deadpool. Yeah. It's kind of two movies, and they're the same flavor in both both movies. So. It's a flavor. Um, so when we were talking about this, we were like, have we already done an X-Men episode? Of course, we went to the Action the, Features expert. The source. Said, I went to Blaze and I said, "Hey, have we done an, an, an X Men episode?" And he got very emphatic. He was very—he almost got angry right off the bat. He's like, "You have done an X Men episode. It's the Lost episode. It's episode thirty-four, and it doesn't work on any platform. You can't listen to episode thirty-four." Wow. It's yeah. like I have not—I've only heard part of thirty-four because I guess I used to bring home the CDs, mm -hmm. and he would listen to the CDs in the car or something. And he said, "And I've never got the whole episode, so it doesn't work." And he is right. I went on... So why, did, uh, why did they only listen to part of it on the CD? It, it, I guess because we were in the car. We listened to part of it in okay. the car, and he was going to listen to the rest and of the his gone. phone. Um, and he never finished it because it never worked. So it doesn't work on actionfeatures.net, and it doesn't work on iTunes. But it was an episode of overall X-Men, and not just the film series. Yeah. We talked about the cartoon and toys and our five favorite X-Men. <laughs> it was an overall X-Men episode. So this is more just focused on the movies. But either way, maybe it kind of makes it's up new to for, everybody. Kind of because, makes up for you know what? I kind of love the fact that we have a lost episode. I do too. I'm going to find the episode. I'm going to find that CD. I know I've got it somewhere. All right. Where we used to put them because that was back with the Dell days. Yeah. Where every episode was on a CD, on a hard copy. Yeah. A compact Ugh. disc. Ugh. Hard copy. Uh, so I'm going to try and find it, and I will fix that. I will hopefully put 34 back up. But if you want to hear some X Men stuff, this is the episode for you. Right, it sure is. All right, let's. You want to just jump right in? Is there anything else to talk well, about? Or just jump no, right but in? I want to jump in. But I want to jump in pre X Men days. Do you remember mm. the days before an X Men movie was out? Oh, of course. Yeah, that, I mean, it was the first one was a big thing because up to that point, we had the Blade movies, which was like the first kind of getting back to a serious comic film. Up to that point, I mean, we had like well, stuff besides like Batman. Steel. Well, I mean, pa pa post Batman Returns. We got into a very That's true. Yeah. campy, 
schlocky, kind of garbagey time for yeah. comic films. I think we had, we had Batman Forever, we had Batman and Robin, we had um, Steel, we had uh, what Meteor Man. Yeah. We had. Are you saying Steel wasn't a serious? Yeah, uh, not good so much. Not so much on movie? Steel. Oh. And then we had the the made for TV Marvel movies. I think up to that point, yeah. which were Generation X, Nick Fury. Those are both pretty awful. Uh, so it was, you know, we got to Blade, and Blade kind of was a bit of a game changer, but still wasn't like a mainstream comic character. So a lot yeah. of people went and saw Blade, and they didn't even have any idea that Blade was a comic. Whereas X-Men, you definitely knew that was a comic going into that movie, and it would then change everything, you know, the first X-Men film. What about you? I remember reading articles in Hero Illustrated, yeah. and they had full articles discussing just the possibility of it happening, and um, it was just, it just seemed like this pipe dream. Yeah, for, it was talked about for a long time. I mean, because it that. was talked about for a long yeah. time. And it, both it just, that and a Wolverine movie. Yeah, and it was like, I just remember thinking how cool it would be, but it just didn't seem like it was going to happen. Like, yeah. no, that's not going to happen. Yeah, it, it just anything. seemed insurmountable to do yeah. X-Men as a movie. I don't remember specific details, but I have a vague recollection that anybody that may have been involved, you know, was hopeful, but... They didn't believe it either, and yeah. deals were falling through in Hollywood and all this stuff, and it just—it was like, eh, I, I can't imagine the day when that's going to happen. I mean, I remember uh, Wizard doing like almost positive version X Men. They used to do this thing where they'd do an article where it was like their dream cast for movies. I think that's one of the ones that I read. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure yeah. there was an X Men one, and I want to say Patrick Stewart was. I'm sure their choice for Professor X. I, he's, I remember reading it. I he's mean, he was number one, obviously him or Ben Kingsley at that time, but it was Patrick Stewart for sure. Yeah. Everybody was like, well, that's, that's Professor X. You know, that yeah. if we could ever have a Professor X, that would be it. So that one was kind of going into the movie. You knew that that was what everybody hoped for. And when they said that Patrick Stewart was cast, it was like, okay, well, this is a step in the right direction. This may be a serious movie. This may be really happening. I remember all the going back and forth about Wolverine too. Like I think Doug Ray Scott was originally Wolverine, hmm. and I, I think that Russell Crowe was in in contention for uh -huh. it for a while there too. Like uh -huh. a lot of people were saying that Russell Crowe was going to be uh, Wolverine. Um, Doug Ray Scott was right up to the very very last minute, and then Hugh Jackman was brought in after I think after they, they already started filming, and Hugh Jackman was brought in. I remember that too, where. Everybody was talking about it and saying, this guy is not Wolverine. No. He's way too tall. He's way too handsome. He's he's just not, this is going to be awful. This is going to be a train wreck. And then we started getting a look at the costumes. And they were all black leather. And it was like, oh, man, what are they doing? This is going to be nothing like the comic. This is going to be X-Men in name only. It's going to be just garbage. Um, but then we get to the point where it's actually coming out. Are you ready to? I, yeah, that's fine. Let's talk about the movie. I didn't have that. I don't remember that feeling or having that feeling. I totally remember that feeling. Yeah. I remember going into it with a very much a, this is probably going to be awful. Yeah. Well, Batman did it with the all black. Yeah. Suit. And then, like you said, it got campier and sillier. And so it was still, I mean, when X command came out, I remember feeling like it's kind of cool looking. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a trope. It, had, it hadn't become like. Yeah. Oh, of course they're okay. Of course you've toned down. Uh, of course you're everything. Toning down every, not even toning down. Toning down. But like completely. Basically. Yeah. Just all black. But. Well, it, it's Matrix had come out at that point, right? 
So Matrix kinda, was 99, I think? Yeah, and the first X-Men was 2000. Yeah, okay. So it kind of had that Matrixy, all black leather type. Yeah. And, and like you said, Blade it. before that. Blade was, before that, yeah. I mean, it was, but I, I remember going into it and thinking that this is going to be so far from the comic that I probably was not going to enjoy it. And there was another bit of casting, too, that I was... I was worried about was Ian McKellen as Magneto. Oh. Look at this. I mean, I understood Patrick Stewart, the age and everything, but at Magneto, I still thought, even though he had white hair, I was thought of him as a younger, a little more built, stronger yeah. guy. And when Ian McKellen was cast, wow, he's, he's really old. I wonder what they're even doing here. Um, but then going to see the film, I remember seeing it the first time just being like, as I watched the movie, like, wow, this is actually pretty good. Like this is, even though they've changed some things, this is this is working. Like, and it, I think it's going to work not just for me as a big X Men fan and a big comic fan. It feels like they're making this so that everybody can get yeah. into this, and not just the people that like X Men and the people that know what X Men is. So that, that was a tough thing for I, Brian Singer and them to figure out was a way to do X Men but still make it accessible to an audience that had never read an X Men comic or. Yeah could be that far into it and you know kind of even though i love that x-men 90s cartoon but making it so that adults didn't look at it immediately and go oh it's kid stuff oh, this yeah. is gonna be a kiddie movie um and it i thought it would for especially for a first film and being at the forefront of adapting comics into film i think it worked perfectly i it really did. yeah i agree and uh, it was hot man yeah it was big like well, i remember it was a big big yeah. thing but for for everybody else, it was all the time leading up to it. Yeah, like we just talked about, and then reading comics, like you said, cartoon, really doing a good job of just telling the story, telling and not relying too heavily on fandom to fill in the gaps. I yeah. mean, each character is developed in the within the movie, within the context of the movie. We talked about before on here, love having a movie that's just kind of. It's self-contained yes. and everything within it works. And really, if there were no other X-Men movies, you would still have your characters established, your conflict, and then your resolution yeah. within this one movie. There great... was a lot of characters to introduce. Yeah, too. yeah. There were a lot of people being upset that it wasn't the, especially hardcore comic guys, going, how do you start an X-Men movie with Wolverine? Mm. You got you to gotta do the first team and all this stuff. And I'm sorry, you don't. By that time... Wolverine was X-Men. Wolverine was X-Men, and... To me, at that age, and you know, of course, I didn't know as much as everybody else. But yeah. when I saw classic X Men, I thought that was post. I thought that was like retroactively classic X Men. Like yeah. they had gone back and written and that new is, stories. Like, hey, here's here's what it would have been like back then. Well, so I, I mean, again, he had to make it for all audiences and not just yeah. comic audiences. He can't just start with the beginning of X Men and here's the introduction of the team because the people that barely knew of X-Men or maybe grew up in the nineties cartoon are going to expect Wolverine. They're going to expect um, rogue. They're going to expect, uh, you know, um, this core group of villains. They're going to expect all these things and still cutting it down and, and trying to make it work so that Wolverine gets introduced, but you still feel like you're on the ground floor of X-Men, but at the same time that they have had their thing going on. So we're not jumping in. Here's the origin of the X-Men team, but there's an X-Men team that's established and it's been going for a while and then Wolverine's introduced and brought in. So in, in that way, they're introducing the X-Men team, but they're also bringing Wolverine in at the same time that it's like, I think I thought it did a good job of, of pleasing both audiences. Yeah. That they're not saying the original X-Men didn't happen. 
but they're not going to start with that as their core movie. Well, the, the movie. obviously the X-Men are already going strong yeah. at that point. And this is something that's very intelligent. This is a smart way to do it. Logan is the viewer's ego into the movie. Yes. Okay, and this is something that I kind of I kind of find that this is missing maybe in, in some later um, superhero films is an ego into it because everything is so extravagant. You can't just throw that at somebody. So even though, even though he's got claws and he has the healing power, he's the one who's saying, like, this, they call you wheels. This is malarkey. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not buying all this crap. I'm not into it. So you're even, even though you are buying into the X-Men, there is a, a suspension of disbelief there. And he allows you to, he's your ego into the movie. Yeah. And I think that's been proven over the course of what eight films he's, basically been the glue oh, of, all these, of all these movies. Yeah, he's carried it all the way through. He's the thread that yeah. makes it all yeah. work. And in this and and that's that's a brilliant uh, a brilliant way to do it. I don't know who else could have been. I mean he is You're with the characters over time. Yeah. And so now you might be able to do okay, I want a Cyclops movie. So you might just get a Cyclops movie, but not really. I no. mean I don't I don't foresee that. I don't want that. I don't want that either. Personally, but the only, I mean, the one you latch on to and the one that deserves your attention in the movie is Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. I yeah. mean, he, it's like you said, he's your entry into the whole movie. He's the disbelieving thing that, that makes it. He's the most human maybe. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't just way. jump in and, and goes, okay, now I'm a member of the team. And this is, I accept all these powers and I accept all this fantastic thing that's going on. Even he's doubting it in the movie. So it makes it okay for you to watch the movie and doubt what's going on and doubt how the, all these characters have powers yeah. and how there's a good guy team versus a bad guy team of mutants. Um, so when there's a character in the movie that you're watching and he's having the same thoughts as you are, it makes you accept it more because he's learning to accept his character it arc is also yeah. maybe the most defined. It's great. Yeah. Um, so for me, the things that work best in the first X-Men movie are the cast. Mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, our perfection is professor X and, and Wolverine. And even though I didn't really believe in it at the time, Ian McKellen's Magneto, I think, is really good. Yeah. Uh, and I, especially that opening sequence in Auschwitz with the whole, you know, the yeah. Nazis. That, I was on the edge of my seat. I remember watching that the first time and that whole scene playing out. And I'm like, man, this is taking this to a real serious level. Like, they're not playing around with this movie. It's not your paper-thin villains. They're making you care about this villain before he's even introduced, really. Right. So you're getting, like, a, a, an opening scene with him, and it's just, I think it's great. Um I think that the uh, it did a great job, like we already said, of, of exposing a, a worldwide audience to what comic books could be. They're not just kid stuff. That this was more than than what it's perceived as in most of the public. Um, those are the things that really worked best for me in the first X Men. Yeah, I think maybe the plot is a little on the thin side in, in parts. Yeah, uh, but it it has so much to do in one film. That's you know yeah, it's not really the, it's not really most about in depth plot of all time. Yeah. Um, is there something you want to throw in that, that really works um, for the film and for you? My, well, not to not to beat on Wolverine, but um, one of my favorite scenes is still that bar scene, the opening. Oh, it's great! Bar he scene. First pops the claws. Yeah, and then uh, um, I do. I, I really think that the movie was well cast all around. Yeah, um, Cyclops is cast really well. Yeah, and he doesn't get a lot to do, but he's great. Halle Berry as uh, Storm is great casting. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, we've got a lot of movies to cover. This, this is a great start. Yeah, I will say that there's a couple things that don't work for me. 
and it's it's not its fault now. There's some dodgy effects that don't work as well anymore, like the the scenes on the Empire or on the Statue yeah. of Liberty. Yeah, that's a little rough, and uh, I don't think a lot of the secondary villains yeah. worked. Sabretooth. Sabretooth is a joke. I, I, yeah, I didn't care. He's awful. Much Toad's awful. Yeah. Um, I guess that's just the two of them. But I think Mystique really worked, and Magneto really works, and that makes sense that they carry those two forward, and the other two are forgotten yeah. after this film because the other two. Or just kind of felt like they were thrown in just because we have to have I thought Sabretooth was well cast. I like that guy as Sabretooth. But something, just, about, something about his look, I was, it was kind of like... The look was bad, uh, and he was monosyllabic. It was just kind of like... Yeah. He's just like this big hulking dude. And yeah. there's not much more to his character. It doesn't seem like he's enjoying what he's doing. He's just kind of there. Um, but yeah, it's a great start. Like you said, great start. Great start. Um, I do... I, I am a little bit... I do get a little bummed that by the suits... When I go back and look at it, mm. because it is so, they're all the same in these black outfits. Yeah. I wish, I mean, there's little things on them that are, make them a little different between, between each character, but I understand. In the I first understand. one, there were, you know, there were those little nods, like Wolverine had the stripes Tiger on the, stripe things on the, the side, but yeah. they were... They were just like gold trim mm. on the black. I didn't, I don't even remember noticing them in the film, you know, I had to look at pictures yeah. afterwards, but um Yeah. That's, uh, that's part's a little disappointing, but I understand why at that point, why at, they had to do those things. Yeah, at that time, I don't know what it would... It is kind know, of what it would be. interesting that right after this film, we get the first Spider-Man. Yeah. And they didn't shy away at all in that suit. They were like, this is yeah. Spider-Man's suit, and this is what we're doing. True. But they'd already... X-Men without X-Men laying the groundwork and people accepting comic films, I don't think the Spider-Man suit would have looked like that in Spider-Man. I will say that the way they established Logan to jump to... You know the yellow spandex. It would have been tough. Would have been a hard jump yeah. to make. I could maybe have bought everybody else, and he even makes a joke in the movie. I think Not about the yellow spandex. Yellow spandex. Yeah. Um, Cyclops says it. Yeah, that would yeah. have been the only thing that I could. You yeah, know, like I do. I do see. I, yeah, the I understand. Reason, the reason I understand. Why. I just I would have liked some variety in the suits. Yeah. Instead of just all. Although they did do you know black. like Robin's suit in the other Batman movies yeah. that was prior to that, and they muted the colors. It really a worked bit, well, I think. and it worked well. But anyway. All right, let's move on to the next one. Yeah, because we got a lot of movies to cover here. Uh, X-Men 2 comes out in 2003, three years later. Um, and this is one of the top ones for me. For, me, two for me, too. I think I is really up there. I think I like X2 better than the first one. I do, for sure. Uh, overall. Because now we've established things. We can mm-hmm. kind of jump right in. We can get a little bit further into certain characters. Um, we get a lot more Wolverine origin type stuff in this one. Yes. Which is nice. Yes. Uh we get more of Magneto, which is great. We get more of Mystique, which is great. Uh, uh, the opening sequence, man. The Nightcrawler? It's, yes, it's great. Nightcrawler. It's still, last time I saw it, it still it held still up works. really well. I watched it, it recently. Really well. I remember watching this with my dad, and we were just like, dude, that Nightcrawler scene yeah. was amazing. I remember people going into the movie saying, you're really going to enjoy this Nightcrawler scene. I was blown away by it at it the was time because I didn't understand. the effects still hold up. Yeah, I didn't understand. I was like, wow, what? It was what great. did it take to make that happen? Yeah, it was, and yeah. that set the that sets the stage for a lot of the other X films have like a big scene with one mutant where it's really extravagant, and uh, you get a lot of stuff going on in one scene. That the choreography for it is just incredible. Um, yeah, and Alan Cummings I think works really well as Nightcrawler too. Yeah, I yeah, he was a, a nice addition to the team. 
I like Nightcrawler a lot. I've always thought he's a really cool character. And he looks like Nightcrawler. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't have the, like the circus outfit thing, but they didn't shy away from doing the blue skin and the tail and the three fingers. So they really, you could tell that they were willing to take more chances in the second film yeah. than they were in the first film. Wolverine cutting loose in the in the mansion, uh, like that's, full berserker. It was great. That's the thing that pops sticks in my head, maybe the clearest, because I remember. I think did we did me and you go see that? I think maybe we did together. I think maybe we did because I remember there being talk of like, okay, this is this is Wolverine. Yeah, and it was for real because he's stuck here. He's babysitting in the mansion, which is not what he really wants to do is be caretaker, yeah. you know, and um, and lo and behold, some un, unlucky dudes break into the mansion and it's all He smells out. them. Like, basically, yeah. at first he's like, and he knows there's people in the mansion yeah. and dude, when he cuts loose, that one guy that comes around the corner, he stabs him in the foot and then jumps up and hits yeah. him. When he jumps off the balcony, it's like such Wolverine scenes. He had some Wolverine type scenes in the first movie, but this one, it was like, whoa, that's Wolverine. It dude. was more, um, I don't know how to say it. Uh, it, it was more uh, veracity, veracity. Yeah, it, it was, was great. It was him it, coming. It was loose. unbridled. It was it was rage. It wasn't like choreographed too well or anything like that. It yeah, was like I, I like the introduction of new mutants too. Like the kids in the school growing up and becoming X Men. Yeah. Like Bobby, uh, Iceman, sort of starting to move into being right. an X Man character. And uh, Rogue, too, even though she's a student, kind of moving up there. I like that the mansion getting invaded. I like uh, Wolverine with the kids on the run, like yeah. Wolverine with Rogue and Bobby. And there was Colossus, too. It was our first look at Colossus. Yeah, well, Colossus was – supposedly there's a character that's drawing in the first movie that's Colossus. We never see him armor up. But right. in the second movie, yeah. you see Colossus. And, man, it was a, that was a moment – I remember the, the audience cheering when he fully armored up. And when – He's getting the kids out, and Wolverine's saying, he's telling him, goes with the kids, and he stops and says, I can help you. Yeah. And him going, no, you help the kids. And I remember the audience going, oh, you know, like, <laughs> they wanted more of Colossus right. doing his thing. But, yeah, seeing the other characters get kind of introduced and brought up in there, the evolution of Pyro becoming from a student to then betraying them yeah. and joining the Brotherhood, uh, uh, Brian Cox as Striker, yeah. that was awesome. I thought the overall the storyline was much stronger, yeah. and there were several storylines that were being woven in and over overlapped. Seeing Magneto kind of on the good side yeah. part of the time, that was really cool. Um, and uh, the uh, Lady Deathstrike, she was awesome. I thought she was really yes. a neat character. She doesn't say anything, but you can tell it's most, supposed to be Lady Deathstrike. Yeah. And that cool opposite number for Wolverine to fight at the end. And you throw in Mystique there. And yeah. you get kind of a Mission Impossible does this all the time, where they you don't know if somebody's wearing know. a mask or not. Who's and, who? Yeah, and yeah, so all that works. I haven't seen, I haven't watched that in a long X -Men time. X Men Two is really good. X -Men 2 it really good. does hold up quite well. I think that um, the only thing that I feel maybe doesn't work quite as well in the movie is Jean's kind of turn to the Phoenix, like the Dark oh, Phoenix thing. Yeah. It feels like it's kind of shoehorned into the movie, and yeah. we haven't had enough time with Jean yet to automatic. Oh, it's, to automatically start flipping into her becoming Dark Phoenix, and True. her her death scene at the end, and the Phoenix Bird and the lake afterwards, um, that's pretty much the only thing I see in the movie that I can go. Maybe that was too quick. Yeah. Um, other than that, X Men Two is right at the top. I, yeah. X Men Two is great. I agree. And then uh, there was X, and then there was X Men: The Last Stand, um, and then there was X Men Origins. <laughs> yeah, two in a row. I'm just kidding. Um, better stinkers. You know. 
I I've never watched Last Stand all the way through. It's I, it's pretty awful. I watched the last forty five minutes of it. Maybe I yeah. caught, and it was. I was I solidified that I did the right thing by not. It's just keep on. It, well, it's not. It, they've lost Brian Singer, and yeah. when the Brian, Brian Singer's direct direction, his his vision. Well, for he the did movies, the first movie. He didn't do he the did second the first movie. two. No, he did the first two. Did he? Yeah, Brian Singer did the first two. Um, I'm almost positive. Well, yeah, so Brian that, Singer did the first two. Oh. Um, so when you got somebody's vision that's so clear on it, and then somebody else jumps in, and it felt it felt like they really were just rushing to get out another X Men movie. It's, it seemed. Like it was cheaper. It did. The effects seemed the effects cheaper. Cheap. Wolverine's hair looked like really poofy. Yeah, like weird. like kind of like a like a, everything just seemed more. And they, it didn't seem like the the people understood the characters as much because like Magneto, whose whole thing is protect the mutants, save the mutants, and he seems reluctant to have Rogue die in the first movie. He's almost sorry that he has to kill her. It's the only way to transfer power. In this movie, he's like let the pawns go first and let the, let them all get. Hit by this cure and die. He's like, and that's why the pawns go first. Like he doesn't even care that all these mutants are being mm. taken out. Um, we see the death of Charles Xavier, and it's kind of weak. We see Famke Jansen become Dark Phoenix, and even though she's doing a good job being dark, it's also still just like, where did this come from? She's all of a sudden Dark Phoenix. You get the introduction of Jugger introduction to Juggernaut out of nowhere. He's just like in a prison, and they're like, hey, it's Juggernaut. Join us. Okay, I'm Juggernaut, and I'm gonna help you. And all these From other mutants that are just kind of thrown in there. Became the infamous line, I'm the juggernaut B. Yeah, when you take an internet meme, yeah. basically an internet joke video, and part make it part of your movie, you've completely dated the movie. And it checked me out. The minute that line came up, I was like, oh, grown. That's just awful. I, I think that's one of the things that kept me from seeing it initially. But, uh, yeah, to throw that in there. Kitty Pride was cool. The introduction to her was cool. I think Jackman is still doing a great job as Wolverine. He's doing his best he can with what, what they've given him. I liked... Um, uh, Kelsey Grammer as Beast. Yeah. I thought that worked. I liked it. And he's casting. actually in makeup as Beast, which I thought was neat. Not just a voice, it's him yeah. doing the character. I liked the Danger Room sequence with the Sentinel head. I thought that was a cool little uh, I, I remember seeing that, and that was, I think... That was, was kind of a neat cool. little thing. But other than that, it's a very forgettable movie. It's it, it does things to the franchise that didn't need to be done with the death of Professor X and the death of Gene and... You know, where it, where it leaves everybody, Magneto powerless, except for the little tag at the end where he's really not powerless. Um, just kind of, eh, who needs it? And then we follow that right up with X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. Which I think is better than X-Men 3. Yeah, probably. Um, because it's just Wolverine is the focus. Um, I, I liked, I think his name's Leave Schreiber? Leave Schreiber? Mm -hmm. I thought he was great as Sabretooth. I really liked him as Sabretooth a lot. I think that is Sabretooth. Is that the guy? That must Maybe that's the guy I'm thinking of from the first movie. Is he, he's Two different guys. Currently Wolverine? Currently Wolverine. Uh, Sabretooth, I mean. He only played him one time. Yeah, this guy, he's the guy that I think That's is, what you're thinking of? Yeah, he's a great, well, he's great. He's a great Sabretooth Yeah, cast. he was only Sabretooth X-Men Origins Wolverine. Well, who though. the heck was in the first movie? Taylor Maine or Tyler Maine or something like that. He's very forgettable. That's why I was kind of surprised that you said I like him, that guy. And I'm like, what the hell maybe, has he been in? Maybe like Taylor Dane. Yeah, Taylor Dane is what maybe you're thinking of. Okay. Um, Taylor Maine is a drummer, apparently. Yeah, so. I, I thought he was really, really good at Sabretooth. Yeah. Like really him. good. Um, I liked uh, Ryan Reynolds getting to be uh, Wade Wilson in the movie. And when he's Wade at the beginning, it's solid. He's being Deadpool without being Deadpool yet. Uh, but the storyline itself was a little weak. And the effects are really bad. 
I remember the effects being... They're really, really bad. I saw... Um, I originally only saw it on a bootleg. And it, I did the same. And, and all of the effects were... watched the same bootleg. Okay, we're not finished yet. So everything was kind of boxed in. Yeah. And I thought, uh, okay. And they also had um, placer music put yeah. in. So it was mu music from some other movie. I think Casino Royale, maybe. And um, it, it just wasn't working. But then I saw it. I saw the actual completed thing, and I didn't think the effects were the effects were maybe worse, much better than yeah. That was what I forgot about movie. that. The bootleg of that movie hit before the movie hit theaters, mm, yeah. And it actually hurt the opening weekend, is what they said. Is that so many people were watching the bootleg ahead of time that they didn't go see the movie, um, and I don't think really that really would have affected it much because there's a scene where he pops the claws in the old the old people's bathroom, and their claws are so badly CGI. Like, I didn't even understand why they were CGI. Okay, like, yeah. he could have just had those practical claws on, but they scream cartoon. Like, you watch the scene, and it's like, wow, that is awful. They're kind of floating a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and the whole sequence with him and the truck, like, the tank or whatever, yeah. and cutting it on the motorcycle and then being launched and, like, landing on the helicopter, it was just really bad. Like, really awful yeah. effects. Um, All the best moments in that movie are the low key mo moments, you know. Yeah, he's like him and Silver uh, Fox. And him and uh, was it him and Gambit? Got Gambit into was it? actually not bad in the movie. And he's was it him or who's he fighting with? And he says, "You can't stop me" or whatever. And he's like, "Maybe I'll try cutting your head off and see how that works." That was uh, Sabretooth. Sabretooth said okay. that too. I thought it was a cool line, and yeah. that was a great part. And there were, there were great moments, moments like that. And Sabretooth. The whole opening sequence where it shows them through different time periods. Yes. Like the opening sequence of him, you know, the origin of Wolverine where he's yes. the kid and it's a long time ago. That was all cool. I forgot about that. Was that in – did they do something similar in the following Wolverine movie or uh, my own? In the following Wolverine movie, they have a whole sequence that's in World War II. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. I like both sequences. Yeah. I like both of those. But them throughout time was yeah. great. A Revolutionary War, yeah. World War One, World War Two, And you see Sabretooth getting more and more into the fighting and the killing and stuff where he's really just enjoying it mm -hmm. and ending on the Vietnam War and how like Logan's starting to look at him like he's losing it. Like he's yeah. way too into this. That all worked really well, I thought. Um, but then you get the whole awful Deadpool thing at the end. And the blob. The blob uh, sequence was really rough. And Will I Am is this weird teleporter guy. It's just, there's enough in there that makes it just kind of go, eh. There's some great stuff at the beginning, and then it just kind of just trails off. I guess the, the biggest thing is, like, it's not the Wolverine movie that we yeah. were all kind of hoping for. and Totally. And it, it suffered then from what a lot of them suffer from now is this is about this character, not about all the peripheral characters, and yet you're just trying to squeeze so many. So many characters in there. Uh, like, you didn't need Blob, and you didn't need... You really didn't need Gambit. I, right. I thought Gambit was actually not bad in the film, though. Like, yeah. I didn't do a bad job as Gambit. Um, but yeah, just squeezing something else. And then the whole mutants that were at the facility, you had Cyclops thrown in there, and you had what appeared to be either White Queen or Husk. I can't remember for sure who they were calling that. Um, and then Professor X showing up at the end, like a de-aged Patrick Stewart. Again, mm. they de-aged... Him. They de-aged him in X-Men 3, and it looked awful. Mm. And then they de-aged him again for this one, and it was like, ah, oh, it looks a little bit better, but still, it's just not something you need. You don't mm. need to have all this stuff tied in together. And the biggest thing for me, too, is the adamantium bullet at the end, shooting him in the mm. head, and the bullet gets inside and erases his memories. He would always have this hole in the middle of his adamantium skull that the things he's gone through would have broken that piece of skull in his brains and spill out. 
And they never noticed that there's this adamantium chunk missing in its in its head or something. I thought that was just bad. Just uh, bad. I don't even remember that. Before. Yeah, that was bad. Okay, so let's get on to X-Men First Class. That comes out in 2011, and it's kind of a soft reboot of the franchise. Yeah. Um, and again, this one was one where I was going into it going, I don't know if this is going to work. And they said it was set during the 60s. I got a little more interested. And I went and saw it, and it was one of my favorites. I really thoroughly enjoyed First yeah. Class. And my wife, when we went and saw it, she was like, this is maybe my favorite. I really like this one a lot. And rewatching it again, I still like it a lot. It's uh, the 60s setting works great. Yeah, I, I really like the actors they've cast as young Professor X and young Magneto. It isn't erasing the other movies. It's not saying they didn't happen. That's what I like about it. You're talking about being kind of a soft reboot, which it was. Oh, excuse me. But it it also is just a sequel. I mean, yeah. it works totally with the other movies. You don't have to throw anything out. You don't. As a matter of fact, you get Hugh Jackman again making a cameo as yeah. Wolverine with a little hint of things to come. And, and you get an almost direct copy of the opening sequence to X-Men in the beginning with the whole Auschwitz thing. It's different actors. Oh, yeah. But you get that whole sequence again and you find out what happens after. And you get introduced to Kevin Bacon as an awesome Sebastian Shaw. I mean, he is evil and he is loving being evil in the movie. Who doesn't love Bacon? Dude, he is great in this movie. He is so good in this movie. Like I, Every time he's on the screen, I'm like, man, I'm really enjoying this. Like Every time he's on you get the introduction of Magneto's helmet and where it came from. Uh, him having it first. Yeah. Michael Fassbender. He was great. Is fantastic. He is great in the movie. That that sequence in the bar, I think it made it into our top five comic film yeah. moments. With him in the bar and the two guys that were part of the, the group that killed his family. And him introducing himself and saying that the name was taken by pig farmers and tailors. Like pointing to these guys and the... You can cut the tension with a knife. It's so great. Yeah. And him introducing himself as Frankenstein mon Frankenstein's monster. I still get chills even thinking about that scene because it's so great. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe, like with this movie, with X-Men 2, there's very little to complain about for me. I think that the only thing I didn't like in the movie, and I still don't like in the movie, is January Jones as Emma Frost. Uh, yes. She's awful. Yes. That's, um, she is awful. That stood out to me. When I watched as the probably the worst thing about it, uh, she, why is it so wooden? I've watched Mad she's Men. She's so wooden. She seems fine in Mad Men. In I this, go back it was and look like at her in Mad Men though, and she's supposed to be this this put on a fake front. I almost feel like that's how she just acts. I almost feel like Mad Men was popular, so they tried to put her into this thing, and that's not. She's not this. You know, I think of hers that character she was trying yeah. to be this very self-confident very self-assured you know uh, sexual you know yeah. like all this she's trying to they're trying to make her do all these things because that's, that's the character but she's not doing that and she's no. not and apparently she's not the actress you that know everybody thought she was that can step into just any role you yeah. know she's very good in mad men but it's the same character but, but it feels like in it, mad men it seems very Stunted in that movie, it feels it's like awful. Not the line delivery is awful. It's almost like they just she was in, they were filming. It's like we're we're this is it. We're doing it. We're, she's and a hot actress right the now. Best that that there was. It was like okay, yeah. well that's the best we're gonna get out of her. Yeah. That's the take that's in the movie. Yeah. And man, there are some really bad yeah. line readings from her. I mean, just really awful. The the best moments are when she's in her crystal form. 
because at least you're not like getting this fake acting from her. It feels like in my head as I'm replaying it, it's almost like she was trying to look for the X on the floor. Yeah, where, like to find her where cues and where to she's be, supposed, to she's stand, supposed to stand. And it just seemed like a very uh, she was very uncomfortable. Is what it felt like. Yeah, to me. it was. And, it did not work uh, at all. It's really, really bizarre and otherwise, like you said, pretty good movie. Um, one minor quibble, a minor quibble that I had was Magneto's helmet looks like it's just too big for him. If I remember correctly, I liked it. I really liked it. Like oh, when Sebastian like Shaw's wearing it, it looks really cool. Yeah. And when he has it, I think it looks cool, man, with those like flared out edges on it and stuff. I love that. It helmet. looks like it's sitting really low on his head, though. No, man. Like I really love like it. Like I found Dad's helmet. Well, it's not his know, helmet to begin with. So well, you fudge that with movie magic by yeah. giving him a helmet that fits, so he looks well, cool. Maybe at the same time, it kind of works because he's using somebody else's helmet. He's supposed to look cool, but it doesn't know. become somebody else. It doesn't morph to his head in the later movies because in the in the it changes though. It's it's a different look to the helmet. Right. Yeah. So maybe Which, he does morph it with his metal powers. Maybe he uses metal powers. Maybe he uses metal it. powers. Uh, the other, the, the thing I maybe, okay, other than January Jones, maybe some of the newer mutants that are introduced in the movie on both the hero side and the villain side. That was my other quibble that I had was all of that going on and having the, some of the dialogue between the younger students at the school. I was like, yeah. I really just wanted to get back to I agree. the other Magneto and Professor X, Professor X and, and, and all that stuff. Really well. Man, there's yeah. some character moments between the two of them. Yeah. Like when he's making him move the satellite dish and he's reaching to his mind, they're both like tearing up. It's like, man, there's a lot of emotion yeah. in this scene in this comic book. Using movie. his force powers. Using his force brain. And his force brain. So X-Men First Class is, so far, X-Men First Class and X-Men 2 right up there Are out of the ones we've listed so far. Um, so then we move on to the Wolverine. I thought it was pretty good. It's pretty good. It, it's taken me a long time to watch it. Yeah. I've just recently watched it all the way through for the first time. I, I don't know. The first time I tried to watch it, I was just like, I'm not, I'm just not into this. Like it's the beginning is, is not hooking me in and I'm yeah. just not feeling it. Once I actually sat down and watched it recently, I'm like, okay, this was pretty good. Like it's, it's taking the, the broken pieces of X-Men three and trying to make it work and how it would have affected the Wolverine character moving forward. Um, I like the, the Wolverine that's his healing factor is not working well yeah. in the movie that they introduce in this, where the Viper character has made him kind of taken away his healing powers. Uh, villains are kind of weak. Villains are weak. I, I felt Especially that the ending. this was closer to what I wanted from a Wolverine solo movie because yeah. it was more just, this was really focused on him, but yeah, the villains. And I think the silver samurai Awful. is the, is the weakest part Definitely. Of, of the movie. Silver Samurai robot at the end was awful. Why they needed to make it a robot? I guess at this point we have so much Iron Man stuff in cinema, in the Marvel universe. That they were trying to maybe do that kind of thing, and I would have much rather just seen a guy in the Silver Samurai armor. Well, it seemed like yeah, there was a lot of that going on. Well, this was not too long ago, 2013. I would say since 2000, it's like you get to the end of the movie, you have your giant robot. Yeah, that's what it felt like, and we did not need in the, this movie because it was so kind of this movie just felt really grounded. Well, it was. It was very point. personal and it was yeah. very grounded, and and even with the villain that was there was the you know the old Japanese guy. And I, he's got his personal vendetta. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then to take it all of a sudden to a video game level. End. I mean, it's like a video game. It's very strange. Um, I, I like the whole Japan it. setting and yeah, it's great. Taking off the original Wolverine miniseries by Claremont and Miller. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. There's a whole sequence where Wolverine's going through the town. They keep shooting him with arrows. I thought, man, that's great. Yeah, um, fight all those ninjas. Yeah. yeah, and him and and uh, Mariko, like the relationship as they're 
you know, growing to love each other. And uh, I thought that was all really good. And then it's just kind of, you get that silver samurai at the end. And just, man, it checked me out completely. completely. Yeah. It feels like they didn't know how are we, what are we going to do here? What are we going to rep this? What's going it, to, it's almost boring. like they, they had a decent movie. Maybe something else was in it and they did a test screening and people said, ah. where's the, Where's the big conflict at the end? Should he fight a giant robot? Wait a second, I, I saw Iron Man. I didn't see him face a giant robot yet. Yeah, it's a shame because really it does hold up really well until that end. Yeah. Okay, so let me move on to X Men: Days of Future Past in 2014, and this now is right up there with the first class in X Men Two. I completely agree. This is the one I I watched. I rewatched this one. It's great. Recently, and it. It's great. It's really good. Brian Singer's return to the franchise as a director, and yeah. it shows, man. Yes, it's exactly. And also, once again, feels a little bit more like pieces of the Wolverine movie that I still didn't feel like I had gotten. Even though yeah. the last Wolverine movie was pretty good, this one is like, it's very specific. It's about Logan. Once again, he's your ego into the movie, and you take, you're take you going back in time. I love the 70s setting. It's great. I love that he's got the bone claws again, and he's kind of forgotten what that yeah what, you know what, what that, that feels like he's used like. to having adamantium at this right point. and the downsides of it he goes to cut something at one point i think and it doesn't yeah like he goes cut. to attack the sentinel and it doesn't right and because um, in his in his body he's still in his mind yeah he's still the wolverine with the claws he's yeah. had for years and so he's still reacting and using them yeah. as if they're metal and man talk about we talked about this in in here after i rewatched it it seemed like almost an impossible task yeah to make it all work to make the the future X Men and reuse this reintroducing the old cast, which was amazing. Yes, in the whole future sequence, and then take them back to the past and use that whole storyline to then fix the whole timeline. Yeah, so that X Men Three is now erased, and you get back to what it should be in the future. And using your first class cast. Yeah. So you have. Once again, the continuity, you have Incredible. an entire series, an entire franchise, merging what you, you, we just called a soft reboot with the original cast, giving it so much credibility. So it's not like, oh, this is a, this this franchise got rebooted, now we don't know where it's going. Yeah. No, it all ties in Here's together. how we all put it together, all so now fits. all the movies work together. And it's so great for people, those original three movies... Who then were kind of like, ah, well, my cast is over. You know, that's it. To then go, oh, no, 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 your cast isn't over. We still got one more movie with them. And it's it can be just their movie. Yeah, You can just watch it as a sequel to X-Men, the first two X-Men. And, re- and it could feel just like a time jump to the past. Or it works as a sequel to First Class. That is absolutely true. It's you would, you incredible. Wouldn't, you wouldn't even have to see First Class. You wouldn't have to. It's work. You get everything you need to say, okay, well, we're going back in time. Yeah. And we're going to see them when they're younger and try and pull it all together yeah. and make it all work. And... I also like how it almost feels like the actors McAvoy and Fassbender kind of sort of changed the way they were playing them from first class just a little bit, enough to make it seem like they're connected since yeah. they're going to be in the same movie now as these other actors that are playing the same characters. Just incredible, man. They um, And the story works. And on top of that, it's a great story. The story is intriguing. That's like with some of these movies, I can very much enjoy the visuals. I enjoy the character stuff, but whatever else has happened in secondary, this one has a good engaging story and you are wondering what's going to happen. Yeah. And there's so much um, personal struggle going on, but with these characters, I mean um, with mystique, I, th- I, I was not a big fan of Jennifer, Lo- uh, Jennifer Lawrence 
as Mystique in First Class. Uh, it was it was just kind of jarring after yeah. um, uh, uh, Rebecca Romaine. Re- Rebecca Romaine Stamos and um, was she Stamos still? She was still at that point, I think. Okay, so yeah. uh, and I don't I don't remember. I mean, Mystique has played a critical role, really, in, yeah. in most of these movies, but I don't remember much of what she did in First Class, whereas this one is like, this is about her actions, and once again, it's a lot of good opportunities for some bait-and-switch, and, switch and yeah. you don't know who's who all the time, and there's a lot of switching that makes sense. It doesn't feel like it's shoehorned in just, totally. just to use the power, just to use, it's like, it all makes sense. She There's tense moments where she's um, she's disguised that she's Mystique and she's broken in, to the to get the files, yeah, and uh, she got the tear on her eye. Was she Trask? What Bolivar is Trask? Trask. Yeah. yeah, Peter Dinklage was who was awesome as Bolivar Trask. Yeah, and then at the last minute she like switches, and there's like now that's a casting just like January Jones. This is a hot show at the time. We're bringing her in. Yeah, Peter Dinklage is on Game of Thrones. It's a hot show at the time. Let's bring him in, and he makes he's awesome. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Um, the other thing I like too is that we just kind of complained about in some other films where they have all these mutants that are kind of introduced and they kind of feel secondary. I don't feel there's any. Yeah, extra secondary yeah. mutants in the movie. Everything that's there is great. Well, just and what, all the characters that are there are great. Just like the first, the first three quarters of the Wolverine movie. Yeah, it feels more grounded. And and I don't know if that has to do with the '70s setting, but and I don't know if it has to do with because Brian Brian Singer directed it. But even though there is CG use, it seems like there's more practical things. There's yeah. more like the Sentinels seem very. They feel very practical. There, in yeah, there's scenes. there's more. Um, the CG is just a little bit better. It is. And um, it just has this real feel to it that it just works. It's like, yeah. okay, this is a legitimate film. This isn't. And and one of my favorite parts, we haven't mentioned him yet. One of my favorite characters in the movie Quicksilver. is Quicksilver. Now, and he only had, back. Okay. Now we're going to go back. At, at this point in time, they were talking about Quicksilver is, is available to both Fox yes. and to the Marvel Cinematic Universe because he's both an X-Men character and an Avengers character. Yes. And when they started talking about it, they showed both. Yes. And we thought Quicksilver looked awful. Yes. The, the X-Men movie. Yes. He had the silver hair and the silver jacket and these headphones. I We're hated. Like, wow, this looks awful. I hated the promo. He looks pictures terrible. I don't like his look particularly in the movie, but either. it works because it's the seventies and it's kind of he's an, a, sort of a weird David Bowie type. Um. He puts on the headphones. He puts on are very modern day headphones, which is one little thing I thought was. I was like, why? Why did they do it? I don't know. But, but they would blow off of him. But whatever. If he was traveling. But the yeah, whole yeah. sequence with him breaking yes. Magneto out, and when they get caught, and yes. he has to run around. Yes. And he is awesome. That's one of my favorite he scenes in the whole movie. Is really blew good. the other Quicksilver out of the water. Oh, he's. I don't even remember the Quicksilver from yeah. Avengers at all. Yeah. But his Quicksilver is awesome. Yeah. He is so great. That guy is in. He's Evan in a, Peters. Yeah, he's in a movie called Never Back Down, which was a high school MMA Karate Kid type movie that yeah. is sort of a guilty pleasure of mine. But he's he he just has a certain charisma that that I was works. Say the same. And I was thinking about this afterwards with, um, and I don't want to I don't want to crap on anything, but I think about fast characters and what they were trying to do with Ezra Miller's Flash is. Is is this? Yeah. This is what they were trying to do. Where he's he's a little bit of a smart aleck. He's it doesn't work. Kind of funny, well. but it's really reined in. And I think it's because that actor, for one, has a really good feel for 
when he's sort of crossing a line yeah. and, and when to, to rein it, it in and, and pull it back. And he really just feels like this is a normal teenager. Mm-hmm. This is what a teenager who has this kind of ability would really be like. Just kind of, you know, taking advantage of his yeah. powers, but... Steal lots of stuff. But he's still a smart aleck. He's, yeah. he's wearing a pink Floyd shirt, which I think is cool. And he's... Um, I like yeah. the hints at Magneto being his dad, too. So you control metal, huh? My mom knew My a mom guy, knew like, a guy that. like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was kind of, I was bummed when he didn't go with them. Like uh, when they go off to the thing, like, oh yeah. no, take him. He's great. Right. You know, he's so funny. But it leaves it open for, it does. you know, a future thing. And, but, uh, but yeah, that's, one of, my, that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is, he's really is that great. slow motion. Cause Xavier's slowing down time, right? During that? No, it's. Xavier has no powers at that point. I know that's what it seemed like, but he he puts his hand up, and as soon as he's he does, trying to stop Magneto, yeah, and that's when Quicksilver, you're in what time is like for him. Well, that's why I thought Xavier was slowing down time, and then Quicksilver was moving no, through his slow Xavier time. Xavier has no powers at this point because he's using that I serum see. to make him walk, so he has no powers. I'm, um, I'm misunderstood. Yeah, so in in X Men Apocalypse, the same thing happens where I know he didn't have his powers, but I thought maybe he. No, his emotion. He he overcame the struggle. He overcame that, the the serum. The struggle that he was having. You know, you could say, if it weren't for X Men Apocalypse and Quicksilver doing the same thing again without Xavier being there, yeah. you, I could see where you're where you're going with here. But X Men Apocalypse, him doing the same kind of sequence shows that it's Quicksilver. Yeah. That's just how time it. Like when he's moving at his fast. Well, I figured it'd be slower for him, like but I thought it was like doubly slower. No, I um, think it's well. just because how fast he is. Okay. But well, all the stuff he's doing, like moving the bullets and like doing funny things and making them punch themselves yeah. and all, it's trying the soup as he passes by it. Yeah. Uh, great. Um, one technical difficulty with that is he puts the headphones on and the, the song music starts still playing. plays the same. You wouldn't get through 40 seconds of a song. Unless would, he's playing it at high speed. He could be playing at high speed. He may be playing it at like fast forward, in, and he can hear it. In the seventies, no. there's no portable device for there's him to not, play. But anyway, hey, but hey, okay. what can you do? Uh, still my favorite sequence. It's in the still movie. fantastic, and the movie overall, it could be my favorite. I think it's. I think it's maybe my. I it's mean, either it or X Men Two. I, I think. can't ignore the the established. You know, what the first two established, but I watched the Rogue cut recently, which introduces Rogue, and there's a whole sub line with Rogue. And when you watch it all together, it's great. But you wouldn't miss it, and I didn't miss it. Yeah, I watched the other movie. Uh, that's followed up by 2016 Deadpool, Deadpool. which we don't only talk about too much because the Deadpool movies are kind of an offshoot of their own thing. And I really feel like they're fine for what they are. They're they don't. I mean, Deadpool is a wisecracking character. Maybe it doesn't need to be R all the time. The raunchy jokes I get tired of. Yeah. Maybe the first time around they're funny. The second time around it's like okay, I just kind of want to watch Deadpool and. He's funny, and I want to watch him do his thing, but the over-the-top raunch gets a little bit old. I caught, yeah, I caught some on TV. Um, it was on FX, so it was uncut, and it was, it was like ten minutes, and I thought, oh man, I'm really taking in like a whole lot of, just like you know what it's in, it's you know much. what's in it. It's too much for me. It's too some, much. For somebody else, or it's okay. That's fine, but then we get to X Men Apocalypse, and this is an odd duck right here, man. Brian Singer's at it again. It's a sequel to Days of Future Past. And it feels like everything should work in the movie, but there's just, I don't, I'm just not compelled by it. Yeah. Maybe it's the villain. Maybe Apocalypse is just kind of not enticing. And like, he's maybe too far past what you can identify as, you can see a lot of yourself in Magneto and the choices he makes. Maybe Apocalypse is so foreign and so far removed from anything of humanity that it's not, it's tough to identify with him. And it also in 2016, also for Deadpool, I mean, you could go, you could go back to the last 
several years. It's but a lot of comic films. It's a whole lot of comic films. And yeah. I remember this coming out, and there was nothing to separate it as an X-Men movie from the promos that I yeah, saw. It's kind of like, what, what is this, X-Men number 15? Uh, is this an X-Men movie? Are they still making those? Yeah. I, I mean, my mentality when this came out was kind of like, just, yeah, it's just kind of. I was on maybe I was something burnout? else. I definitely burnout, and you could probably go back on this show and we listen. Could say we'd be burnout. <laughs> yeah, and listen. it does feel like they're kind of playing a little catch up with maybe, and maybe that's Fox of trying to do the Marvel Cinematic Universe thing, where they're trying to do a big giant villain, a big giant, you know, world shattering thing, and oh, we've got to have him destroying the entire world because it's got to be. You know, giant world threat, just like the Avengers was, or something like that. That's true. Avengers had come out yeah, and kind of so, changed the game a little bit. I mean, there's still things to like in the movie. Like, there's a whole sequence. Quicksilver's back, and he's great again. He's got a whole sequence in the mansion where he saves everybody. That's great. I think that they, the actors playing the new versions of Gene and Cyclops, I think they work. Nightcrawler's cool. There's a whole sequence with Wolverine as Weapon X, where they let him out. He's in the Weapon X gear with like the helmet and everything, and that was really. I didn't cool. see that. Oh yeah, he's he's Weapon X in it. Oh, that's cool. Because they're in a compound and they they hear something inside this thing, and they're like, Is there, "It sounds like there's an animal in there." And Jean's reading it, and she's like, "No, there's a man, and they've taken oh. something from him." Maybe I'll just maybe I'll just look up. You can just watch that sequence because they let him loose, and he's got on the full Weapon X gear. He's I'll got watch on that like sequence. a helmet thing. He's got all the wires and gear hanging from his belt. Hey, um, I've got an idea for a character. What? Night Kramer. Night Kramer. Night Kramer. He. He just he has studies. He studies for tests. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it feels kind of forgettable after yeah. Days of Future Past, and you're coming off of Days of Future Past, which, as we just said, uh, is one of the best. I say it's a, yeah, that's a high mark. So it's tough to follow that up. Uh, then you get into Logan. Logan, which is absolutely fantastic. Yep, I think it's tough to. I can't say it's my favorite X Men movie because it's not an X Men movie. Yeah. In my opinion, it's it's really just about Logan and Professor X. I'm trying to put myself. I, I really in, enjoyed this movie, and once again, I think on the mission to try and get the perfect Wolverine movie out of while Hugh Jackman is still doing it. And overall, I don't think any of them were like what I had in mind. Yeah. And but this movie probably comes really really close, and I love the once again the grounded. Um, Unforgiven type yeah. feel to it, although there were times where it kind of jumped out of that, and there was some, you know, at the end they have to have all the mutant kids overcoming, which I get it, I, I yeah. get that, but it seems like this in this movie once again, like there has to be, okay, there has to be a climax. I understand yeah. that, but once again, it's it's introducing more mutants, and all their powers just seem kind of. Vague. Vague, like, yeah. what is he going to do? Oh, well, just, what? Well, the guy's lying in grass, and so grass comes up and... Yeah. Um, I agree. That's the one the one minor complaint I have about the movie. And it's a minor complaint. It it's It didn't keep me from enjoying the film at all. It had a very... Uh, and, the, and the emotional impact oh of, my gosh. at the end was very... I was in tears, man. It I mean, was... Because you have the character and everything that he's gone through, but also knowing that it was Hugh Jackman's that, last that's outing. It. That's his swan song um, for the character. And the same with Patrick Stewart. To know yeah. that they're, they've been with these characters for 17 years, and you've watched and been with these characters for yeah. 17 years. Especially, you know, for us, there's a lot of people that are younger than us that are getting into X-Men movies with X-Men First Class or whatever. They rewatch the old movies when, you know, I mean, Blaze is too young to remember when the, you know, the first movie, he wasn't around with the first movie. 
but he's caught up on them. But we've been with them for yeah. the same amount of time. And to see them kind of saying goodbye and a having aged with the characters, it was so emotional. Yeah. Like it was, you, you, you felt sad looking at what Professor X had become and, and what Wolverine had become. And uh, having to say goodbye to them at the same time the actors are saying goodbye to him. Man, it's just so emotional. And speaking of a guy that has a daughter, like the whole connection between, at the end that you see between Logan and Laura, it's just so powerful, man. It's really, really powerful. Like the whole movie is just picture perfect for me. I mean, it's just to get that much emotionality out of a comic book movie. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really tough. I, I don't see as much as I love the Marvel cinematic universe films, it's tough for me to look at any of those movies and find that they captured the same kind of emotional investment that this movie captured. Yeah. Maybe Captain America first Avenger is the only one I think has come close to it, but this was truly an emotional experience to watch the movie. I mean, also one of my favorite, um, trailers. Yeah. Maybe of all time. I using that, they use that Johnny cash cover of her. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite Johnny cash songs. And has a lot of emotion in that. And it's very downplayed and yep. it's kind of, um, it was a perfect, perfect trailer. I yeah, think really there's is. a, there's a black and white version yeah, of the noir movie. Version. Is that available to, for purchase? Yeah, it's on, um, it's involved. like a Blu-ray set. There's like a pack, right? Yeah. That has it. And the noir version. That could, that could be good. To watch. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it could totally work as a black and white movie. Oh yeah. Um, I might, and, I might uh, enjoy it more as a black and white. I don't know. I might. I just rewatched it. I mean, I watched it at the theater with Blaze. We, he and I watched it. I just rewatched it again recently, and it's like I kind of was glad I waited that long to watch it again yeah. because it was I'd kind of forgotten certain things about it, and it was like getting this whole emotional thing all over again. Um, and it's, especially if you kind of try and watch all the movies in sequence and then end with that, it's like man, he was perfection for that character, both of them, both he and, yeah. and Patrick Stewart. And it will be tough. I mean, we've got another Patrick Stewart, another Professor X that we've gotten to be introduced to thanks to, you know, weaving in the other Professor X, it will be almost impossible for anybody to step into the, well, the shoes of Wolverine now. It's I think so. I mean, I won't put my foot in my mouth, you know, but... It'll be tough. I'd rather just see him not, not attempt it for a while. Yeah. At least out of, almost out of respect from, yeah. you know, for what he, what he did, who Jackman did. But, but yeah, you got to put some distance between, between all that and the next Wolverine and... I'm afraid they're going to pick somebody who's not quite. Yeah. I mean, they called Hugh Jackman pretty boy in back in 2000. Yep. And that might've been the case in 2000, but he certainly, as he aged really, you know, was not, I, I don't consider him a pretty boy. I no. him, you know, he, he, I happens, him he happens to be a handsome man, but yeah. he's, he's, you know, tough dude. Yeah. I'm worried that the next Wolverine might not be might so not be tough. That. He might be kind of, yeah, soft around the edges, but who and, knows? You know, some people say you know since it's kind of set in the future, Logan is that he could come back and do yeah. another one. Oh, he definitely could, and especially if now that Fox is owned by Marvel. He's always talked about the only way I would come back is if we were part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Maybe I'd be enticed to come back. And I think that was a lot of just kind of saying things. I don't think he really would come back, and I don't really know if I would want him to because he's had such a perfect goodbye now. It's hard. It almost yeah. feels like you know um, diamonds are forever or something. You know, or like Rocky coming back for Creed. Yeah. Which the second one looks good, by the way. But um, yeah, it's like you had your... You had your perfect goodbye. You had you had the body of work and you had your goodbye. Although I would love to see him... I would love to see him if, more. If an Avengers movie comes out and 
and it happens. I would, it happens to be the one thing. I would be super up, excited. Like if they exciting. said he was coming back. Yeah. But at the same time, he does have such a perfect goodbye for the character yeah. that it feels like tacking something on afterwards. Be a little, uh, yeah. Maybe a little bit let contrived. You know, let it's it like kind of just let it be. Yeah. Just in there. Um, yeah. And so we end with uh, Deadpool two, which again, a lot of raunchy jokes. You have to cool Deadpool moments. Cable's awesome. Cable is what I want to say. I could just watch the cable I'll let you borrow movie. the DVD if you'd like. I just watched the Cable movie. Cable is awesome. Yeah. Um, I love the casting for it. I love the way he looks in that. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that kept me from seeing it was that Lunch. Deadpool movie. Well, they're bringing out a PG-13 cut in December. Really? Yeah. And they're gonna. it's going to be Deadpool telling this story. And the, the way that the shot looked, it was Fred Savage, like Princess Bride. Yeah. Him in bed and Deadpool telling him the story. That's kind of funny. And they're going to clean it up to make it PG-13. And as I watched the movie, I'm like, okay, there isn't as much essential raunch in the movie that I feel like you could pull the stuff out. It's almost like they made it like that to make it so yeah. that they could do a cut that was more all ages. And especially now that Fox own, or Marvel owns, or Disney, Disney owns Fox, they probably want to keep Deadpool. And this may be their way of saying, of introducing a more PG-13 version of Deadpool Maybe. that can be weaved in. Because I'm sure they're not going to jettison I'm sure Ryan Reynolds yeah, Deadpool. Yeah. They're going to want to keep doing stuff with that because oh, it's yeah. a huge hit. Um, this may be a way of, of introducing a PG-13 version and seeing if it still works as well as the R-rated version works with audiences. And I'm looking forward to taking the boys to see it because they both love Deadpool, but I I mean, they're they're super raunchy movies, so they're they're not watching those yet. Uh, but a PG-13 version, I'll take them to. Indeed. And that's it. That's all of them. And then we have Dark Phoenix coming up. We have New Mutants coming up. They've done the trailers for both of those. New Mutants keeps getting pushed back. Uh, Dark Phoenix got pushed back again. And it's almost like they're just kind of trying to figure out what to do with these two films that are basically completed. Now, especially that Marvel owns it. Oh. It's almost like, what do we do? Do we just put it out? Oh, Which is kind of a bummer. They're completed and they're getting pushed back? Yeah. Especially with Dark Phoenix. Mm. Especially rewatching the stuff. I am interested to see where the storyline for these other these characters go. And it would be a shame to just... No, that it's over. Is Famke Jansen? Is, uh, being... No, it's Sophie Turner from okay. Days of Future. Oh, okay, from okay. First okay. Class or uh, Apocalypse. Days of Future, First Class. So it's the X Men Apocalypse characters carrying forward into Dark Phoenix. I see. Um, I will say there's another thing that I wanted to complain about. Is the First Class is set in '63, Days of Future Past is '73, Apocalypse is '83. So 20 years have passed between Apocalypse and First Class, and those characters do not look 20 years older. Hey, the mutants. It's tough. It's tough. The mutants. Especially guys like Havoc, where he looks exactly the same. Yeah. Um, and now we're going to be set in 93, I think, in, the, in Dark Phoenix. They're going to be jumped 10 more years, okay. and they're going to look exactly the same. That's a little tough to take sometimes. I almost wish, like, you really don't even need to keep doing another decade each time. Maybe you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. But, well, minor complaint. All right. So that's it. That's all the X-Men movies. We talked about all of them. We talked about all of them. You Good. like the X-Men movie? Yeah, I like them. I'm talking to them. Hey. Oh. You guys like an X-Men movie? Why don't you get to Facebook.com slash Action Features and talk about an X-Men movie? Post the episode. You'll talk about it. This has made me want to go back and watch a couple of these. It's, it is fun to go back and watch them. It is. Yeah. If you want to borrow them, I'll let you borrow them. I got them. I'll, I'll pick them up. I think I, I have some. I think I have the first two at home, and I have Days of Future Past, uh, which Eric Medor sent me a copy of. Thanks, buddy. And... Um, I'd like to pick up First Class again, maybe. I have Wolverine at home. But I, have the, I want to watch the first two again. I yeah. think Amy can actually... 
enjoy those because she they are. she likes Stranger Things, so she likes you know people using powers and they really made it work. They, for, like we said, all yeah, audiences. Yeah. My wife really likes the X Men movies. Yeah. Like that's one of the it's only kind of fun film to put yourself series in that yeah. she's kind of stuck with and been like, yeah, I can watch X Men movies. You know, um, so all right, all right, that's it for this one. We'll see you guys next time. Oh, no music. Don't Sorry. need it. Don't yeah. need it. I'll. <laughs> Do 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 do